0: Welcome into another edition of the Hangtime Podcast. I'm your host, Sekou Smith, here in Atlanta. And joining us today, special guest. You know, you start running down a dude's accomplishments. You know, nine-time All-NBA, nine-time All-Defense, blah, blah. And then I thought about, like, just, just call him the Hall of Famer. The glove, GP Gary Payton, joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Man, what's up? How are you? Man, I'm good. How you been? Good, man. Good. Happy holidays to you and the fam. I'm
1: trying to trying to get to 21. Like everybody else. Well, we got we got about three more days, three four more days, man. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it like that. Then say three more days, and then let's see what happens January first. Everybody get a different um, different look outlook of stuff, man. Let's just try to move on. No doubt, man. I'm belly crawling the twenty
0: one. So we got the we got the initial blush of the season, off. first week, opening night, Christmas Day games, which is always kind of a a bellwether for the season. Um, What kind of impressions the teams make on you these first few days of the season anybody stick out to you anybody looking to you like something different than what you thought well no
1: I really looking at all the teams they're very well balanced you know I, I think Philadelphia is a better basketball team because of Doc and what he brought he's bringing into there and the people that he's brought into uh bringing Curry into there to get him some more scoring uh I I think that you know, Embiid just got hurt again. You know, that's that's just going to be his problem with that, is try to keep him on the floor. But I think that team has a get better outlook. I think they got a better mindset of what they want to do. The Brooklyn team, they came in and played the way they had a slip-up last night. But, you know, I, I think they're a team that, you know, every night they're going to come with it with the two stars because they're both averaging almost about 30 a night. So, you know what I'm saying? It, it's one of them. Golden State is – I thought it was going to be different, you know, but but Clay gets hurt, you know. But I like the kid Wiseman, you know. The, he's, a, he's a good upcoming kid. I think he's going to be a superstar in this league. Out of the rookies, I think he's, to me, is the best right now because he, he, he's he got more versatility to him. He's shooting three that I didn't think that he could shoot a little bit. And uh, everybody else is there, you know. I, I think they're okay. I mean, everybody's okay. The Lakers are all, you know, whatever. They did a good job without uh, Anthony Davis last night. So, you know what I'm saying? So, every team is well-balanced. Miami is a good team. I like it's well-balanced right now.
0: Yeah, a lot of depth, it seems like, in terms of the quality we're going to see around the league. One game that stuck out to me, and I think it's a trust factor thing, I'm still trying to figure out how to trust these guys. The Clippers, (laughs) get stroked. I mean, they get (laughs) down 50 at halftime. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, no joke, I was like, man, what would somebody like Gary Payton have to say in the locker
1: room if his team was down? Like, who gets choked when you're down 50 at halftime? I think everybody get cussed out in there. <laughs> I'm going to Ty Lue, I'm cussing him too, you know what I'm saying? Because the simple fact is, is that it's no way we can get down 50 points, even if we're having a bad night, an awful night, which they were. They were having an awful night, and it happens. But I'm just saying 50 is a little bit too much. That means we're just giving up, don't care, let's get this game over with, let's go to the next 90s one game. I hate that. I would have came in the locker room, I would have cussed everybody, we probably would have, all of us would have fought. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't get that. I mean, with Kawhi and Paul and all these guys who can play basketball in the way they did the night, uh, opening night again against the Lakers, and beating them, and coming back again and playing very well against Denver. And then you come and have a a night like this. I get it, 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 it's nice that you have, but not 50. I say get beat by 15, 20, we can can live with that. But by 50, everybody should get cussed out in there. And and Ty Luce should have came back and said, man, we're gonna have a nice, uh, a legit practice. A legit practice, we're gonna go in here and play, you know, a scrimmage and see what happens. But, you know, it's one of them nights, and I think that they need a guy like myself to come in there and get in their ass the next day and say, we shouldn't have this no more. We're not going to lose by 50. We lose, let's lose with some little dignity. They don't have a lot of guys like
0: yourself anymore running around this league. They don't have guys willing to, to step into that space and go at each other publicly or privately. You know, it's a much different atmosphere. But does the Clippers' ability to have nights like this keep you from trusting them. I know we talk about them as being a contender in a championship team, but then they you know they fell down in the bubble. I just don't trust
1: them. And and you know what that's a good question. Because last year, you remember, I was always on their side. I was talking about they're gonna win a championship, they're gonna do this. I got trust in them. Then we get a break and then we go, you have a break for three months, about three months to get prepared to know that if a season comes back, then you get in the bubble and get to a team that Denver was hot. I, I just can't have it. It was one of them special, one of them special times where they come back 3-1 in a couple of series and win the game. But it's no way in, in, in hell that they should have lost to Denver. They were up 3-1. No in hell. I, I just don't get it. You know, and it cost Dots his job. But you understand that you're right. You can't trust these guys at one point. They try and go and, and, and mix it up. They get some new players, new life in there, trade a couple of people, you know, let Harrell go to the other side, you know it is it, just something i don't know. Tai Lu i think is the type of coach that will get them there. I think he has to be a little bit more into him. It's only his third game. I mean, we got to let him work it into. He got to let him be that guy who is going to make them trust him. And i think they do, but they just got to come with it every night. And i and i'm hope we don't get on this rest crap. Where these people, like, I I hate this. You know, A.D. did it last night. Buddy, I hope he was really hurt. But listen, man, I do not want to see this rest mess. You got 72 games. Let's play. Rest when you're at home. You know what I'm saying? Don't practice. You know, get your little reps in every now and then and get yourself out on the floor. We're in a pandemic. We already lost fans. Come on, man. Give us all what we want. We on TV looking at you. We want to see you play every night. When you look at that reduction of the season by
0: those 10 games, I don't know if people recognize how significant that is to take away that many games. It's that many more opportunities for somebody to put some wins in the column or some young guys to get some experience. Just from a player's perspective, how difficult is that losing 10 more opportunities to play?
1: Very difficult because you remember, you remember last year, everybody was right there. Memphis, Portland, everybody, you lose 10 games, man. That 10 games could cost you a playoff. You don't know what's going to happen. And that's why I say guys can't slip up right now. You can't play like that. If you know that it's 10 games gone, I think coaches got to be like, hey, man, we're playing every night. We got to get as many wins as we can to get up here so that we won't be in that bubble or that little – uh, decisive games or whatever that we have to, and say hope that we get in. Just like what happened to Phoenix last year. Phoenix goes in the bubble, go eight zero, almost catches everybody, but it was two minutes, two less games. Every night they just got to play, and that's going to be a big part of the end of the year. The season seems
0: so weird. Seventy plus days removed from the bubble. Not even the New Year's yet. We started another season. I almost felt like some of these teams look like they carried it over, and then others. I'm watching Denver. They look choppy. They lost some players. Some of these teams look like they're going to need more time to get acclimated to each other. You didn't have a normal training camp offseason. How long do you think it takes some of these guys to really find their groove as a group?
1: Hey, you know what? You called it because, you know what, this league is real different. Now, if we had somebody like a John Stockton, myself, a Magic, or somebody who can go in and guide these guys – and guide them and say, we're the veterans, man. It's going to come on. We got to kick you in the butt. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is a young NBA team, a young NBA league. I mean, and they don't know how to do that. And it's going to take time. It's just like you see a lot of these guys come into the season out of shape. It takes them almost three weeks, four weeks to get in shape. You don't have no training camp, no nothing. Young kids are just coming out the cuff, They just throwing them in there. Because they got drafted high and say, hey, man, you're going to have to do what we're going to have to do with us. And it, and it doesn't work that way. And we, as you say, the Denver team is a very disappointing team to me. Milwaukee is a disappointing team to me right now. I, I don't like the way Milwaukee is playing. They're a little up and down. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it takes a toll. And I think people don't get it. We, they always say, why you OGs always talking about y'all era is good. The nineties was good because the nineties, we was tough. The nineties, we played, we practiced, we had training camp two days for a month. We played nine and 11 games in preseason to get ready. That was the problem. That's our problem. And then when we go back after, um, a game in preseason, we have double days. We had two days to make sure that we did what we had to do to be ready and in shape. And we ran and then we didn't we didn't complain. When the coach told us, get online, do 17s, do this, run your run yourself in the ground. I don't care. Throw up. Be whatever. We did it. You know what I'm saying? And then by the time season started, we were in great tip top shape. And we was ready to play, and everybody was on the same page because we had reps with each other, scrimmaging and doing things like that. And that's just not the, what's going on right now. And we got to understand, this is not our era. Our era is not like that. It's a different generation, and this is how they do it.
0: Yeah, this is it's definitely a transition, man. I did something last week about all the superstars we got 25 and under. Like, you got a ton of talented young players. Luka Doncic considered by many to be the frontrunner for MVP this year, 21 years old. Zion, you know, going crazy, taking the league by storm. Are we in that transition phase? Le- LeBron will be 36 years old by the end of this week, I think. Standard Bear is aging. That next generation, that next wave is coming. Are we in that transition period, do you think, where the league is going to change, whether we like it or not, and we just have to get used to it?
1: You just got to get used to it. This is what's going to happen. I think that we only have the Derrick Roses left. We only have the LeBrons left who are in a generation where I played against them a long time ago, but they're leaving, and that's just what it is. Now you're getting the superstars, which are going to play. I don't have no problems with Luka because he can play the game. He plays the game to me, smart and right and all around. You know what I'm saying? Zion, he's a, he's a heck of a talent on the offensive end. You, you can't stop him. He's going to have to learn it out too of how he's going to get his whole gang to become one of the, the top elite um, superstars and be that LeBron. You know, AD is the one that I think that's got to step up and say, hey, yeah, him and Giannis, yeah, they got to step up and say, well, we still older guys here and we're going to keep it. And, uh, but I think the younger guys are going, they're coming, you know, like the Wiseman's, you know, I, even a ball kid. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have all the game right now but he has a great knack for the game of, of passing that basketball and being a general. I haven't seen a point guard like him in a league in a long time. I said with CP and uh, Rondo, he sees the floor. He thinks about getting his players off first before he can score the basketball, which that will come, you know, but he's a great talent of seeing the floor, running the floor, getting it to people that he needs to get to. And, and, and this is what this is coming to. We're drafting them. We're drafting them at an the age of 1920, and this is what's happening and the older guys are, are going out. They're moving out. you know. Do you ever think about digging in and coaching it you know
0: at the NBA level or, or getting involved in, with a team in that aspect, player development,
1: anything? I have. I want to bring the Seattle team back for sure. I, I, I got to keep working on that, and if that happens, I want to be a part of that and do the things that I need to do to get in there. B. Shaw's doing a great job out here in, in Walnut Creek. You know, uh, he's asked me to come by. I'm going to start coming by a little bit, trying to talk to these kids. That's what he wants me to do, talk to them about what it takes to go to that next level, not because you're talented and say, okay, this is the next guy up and coming, but you're not really ready. So we, we got to get that in, involved. I think a lot of us and ourselves that got to come back and talk to people you know, even a Tim Hardaway's, myself, the John Stockton's, the Carl Malone's. I think a lot of teams need to go and start thinking about calling some of us in to talk to some of these young kids. Some of them might not know us, but they need to get, get, get video of us and stuff like that and understand how we play. Yes, it was probably different. We were probably more physical we were probably more uh, uh doing different things than they do now because they are on a three-point shooting and they're athletic and they're running down the floor but it will help your game if you listen to what we got in our knowledge our knowledge of trying to put our stuff into your game and mix it and then you become a different basketball player and I think that would help especially the ball kid if I was around him five times a week six times seven times a week I guarantee I would have him into a whole nother aspect of line I know I would. You know, I, I would have him somewhere else where everybody would be like, whoa, this kid is gonna be the bomb. He's gonna be a hall of famer. He goes, Yes, I will have him like that.
0: It's just interesting. It's it's to me, it's kind of that weird place where, you know, the league was a couple of generations ago and we we're trying to figure out who was next. Like, and it's up in the air. You know, right now it's gonna be who's gonna grind and become a, a better version of who or what they are right now based on the work they put in. And I know we all watch that and get interested in that. Um, I appreciate you taking the time, GPS. Again, we, we're we starting a new calendar year, cranking back into this season. So I know we'll see you on NBA TV doing your thing as always. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate the knowledge as always. And uh, coming through and helping us out here on the Hang Time Podcast.
1: Man, you know it's always good. You know, you anytime you want me, just hit me, call me up. We can do this anytime, man. We get these people knowledge. You know, You know, I love what you be doing because you're really telling the truth about it. You're giving the knowledge about what's going on. And these people's fans don't really see that. They don't really see what's real and what should be real. you just telling the truth. You say, hey, you don't sugarcoat it. And I love it for that. And that's why I like always working with you and dealing with you and getting on your stuff because you're going to keep it real and let us let everybody understand what it needs to take to get this NBA back to where everybody wants to watch it and stop saying this NBA soft. They need to understand that. <laughs> I'm going to say it. You know what I'm saying? It is. It is. It's a three-point shooter. It's a contest. You know what I'm saying? With the big man out there. it is what it is. But it's going to get better, and you know we're going to make it better because we're going to be the guys who who over here always criticizing it and get them to understand what's going on. No doubt. GP, my man, talk to you now. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year. See so y'all take it easy. It's
0: Gary Payton, the Hall of Famer joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. Never a dull moment, always with the sharp insights. Appreciate him taking his time out and, uh, and joining us here on one of our last episodes for the calendar year 2020. From GP, we go into our weekly look at the NBA.com Power Rankings with John Schumann. Always fun talking with Gary Payton, the Hall of Famer, the glove. Uh, but now, as we always do on Mondays, we shift into some power rankings discussion with NBA.com's John Schumann, the master of power rankings. Shu, what's up, sir? Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and log my formal complaint right now that the Indiana Pacers are number one in this week's power rankings. That's just a shout out to my old, my old stomping grounds um, years ago. but. Interesting, the, the teams and where they fall after, you know, a short week of action, man. The New Orleans Pelicans, I know, stick out as one team that's kind of in an odd space. Um, they've looked really good, struggled. What are your thoughts about what the Pelicans have done so far?
2: Yeah, I think when we're talking about teams that are sort of open my eyes, there's the obvious ones like Cleveland going 3-0, Indiana going 3-0. Um, but I, I, as I dug in deeper to the Pelicans, it was, you know, we looked at that Christmas game and their defense looked terrible in the first half against Miami. They couldn't figure out where Duncan Robinson was. Um, there was one play that the heat ran three straight times. Uh, my friend Cooper Mo- Moorhead from the heat, um, you know, posted on his Twitter account, but they, they ran the plays three straight times. The first time it got a lob dunk for bam out Second time it got a wide open corner three for Andre dollar. And the third time it got a layup for Gordon Dragic and the, Pelicans couldn't figure out how to how to guard it, so their defense in that first half looked terrible. But then I thought their defense was really good in the second half. They came back like they they didn't just you know say ah it's Christmas whatever you know, and they did, and that's what they did like countless times last season. They came out of halftime, and I thought they were so much better defensively in the second half of that game in Miami. Um, Eric Bledsoe was sort of tied to Duncan Robinson. Josh Hart got his turn on that. Uh, Reddick was active uh zion williamson was even you know switching and and being in containing guards a couple of times so i thought that and then if you look at their defense in their other games um you know they held toronto under a per possession on opening night and then on uh Sunday, they, heard they they held the Spurs under a point per possession. So if you take out that first half against Miami, their defense has been excellent. And, and that was priority number one for Stan Van Gundy coming in, into New Orleans was to fix that defense. And other than that, those 24 minutes in the first half in Miami, their defense has been excellent. So I think that's, it. that's some, uh, something to keep an eye on. They, they have a, a, an interesting game Tuesday night, uh, I believe in Phoenix on TNT um that'll be a a fun one to watch a little Brandon Ingram who's been excellent on the other end of the floor obviously well Brandon Ingram versus uh Devin Booker matchup so you mentioned Toronto shoe
0: um what's what's up with the Raptors I mean I I know they're playing a, a dislocated if you will part of the season you know playing out of Tampa but
2: they don't look like the same Raptors team we remember Yeah. You know, it's funny, you know, last year, you know, they lost Kawhi Leonard, right. And, and Danny green. And, but they found like their new selves very quickly. Like they were, they got off to a really good start. um, Last season behind an elite defense, you know, it's like their core seven guys that were returning were just incredibly cohesive. They work hard, they play together. Um, so they knew who they were, even though they lost, you know, the, the finals MVP, they knew who they were right away. This year, it seems like there's just a steeper learning curve with them having lost both Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka. And maybe the, the relocation has something to do with it. You know, we don't really know, um, in that regard, but their defense hasn't been good. They're a team, one of these teams that can be really good defensively, yet they give up a lot of threes. But I, it just it seems like they're just not as cohesive as they were, as disruptive they, as they can be on the perimeter with their guys. They still need those two. You know, the the, the anchor is still a key component. I think Aaron Baines is a solid player. Um, Chris Boucher has had his moments already this season. But the defense just isn't there. The consistency isn't there. If there is a group, though, that can figure it out defensively, uh, it's this group, you know, just because they have Nick Nurse, they have Kyle Lowry, they have Pascal Siakam. Who's maybe one of the best, you know, decent defensive forwards in the league, and you know they'll try a lot of stuff and and they'll find something that works. It's an interesting um, team to look at early on, and and how uh, you know it, it's a different group. Every little piece that they lose from that championship core is a little bit of cohesion that they lose on both ends of the floor.
0: You know, I know it's so early in the season, we don't want to put too much
2: into what you see
0: after you know three four games, but a team like the Bucks. Uh, with, with all the pressure that should have been alleviated with Giannis signing his extension, you get that out of the way. You don't have to go into a season with that as a part of the, the built-in drama. What do you make of what the Bucks have done and kind of what's on the horizon for them in the, in the
2: immediate future? Well, you can look at it this way. Just imagine how much angst there'd be in Milwaukee right now if they're off to this one and two start, just got walloped by the Knicks in, at, at Madison Square Garden. And Giannis hadn't, sign that contract extension (laughs) and the Knicks lost. I mean, it was just, you know, the Knicks shot better than 50% from three and the bucks shot terribly from three. You can just sort of chalk it up to that, but sort of three point shooting on both ends of the floor, you know, all the threes that they give up and their own, you know, inconsistency, has been a bugaboo for the Bucs. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that's what you're always going to worry about with the Bucs, really. What really makes them sort of my team to watch this week is the fact that they're playing the Heat twice this week. Um, you know, this is a team that knocked them out of the playoffs. This is a team um, that has an offense that's really tough to guard, especially, you know, given the way that the, the Bucks defend. Uh, the Heat are a team that will take those threes that you give them. They move the ball really well. They move bodies really well. We'll see if Jimmy Butler is going to be available for one or both games. We're not sure. Um, He didn't play over the weekend or he didn't play the second half of the Christmas game. And so it's a Tuesday, Wednesday doubleheader uh, back to back, excuse me, in Miami. And, you know, it's it's an opportunity, I guess, for the Bucs to exercise their demons a little bit. There are two teams in this league that we have slapped the uh, "wait until let's see what you do in the playoffs" label. You know the Bucks in the East and the Clippers in the West. Um, But uh, you know it's the regular season, and and no, we're not going to believe them until the playoffs. But all they can do is play the games that are in front of them, and the next two games, Tuesday and Wednesday in Miami, are you know two of their most interesting games on the schedule. Yeah,
0: and look, the fact of the matter is, for quality teams, you know teams that consider themselves contenders these early season statement games matter they they, you know it's not just one more game on the schedule I know Paul George said that after the Clippers got stroked you know by 50 that oh you know it's just one game well um, that's what you think when you're looking at it for a team that's supposed to be a part of that that championship landscape those sorts of early season wins losses margins of victory or defeat Stick out, they make a difference, and I'm like you. I'm curious to see what the Bucks do, how they respond, how they show up this week in Miami, because uh, again, that's a team that they're going to be measured against throughout the course of this season. Uh, power rankings uh, are on NBA.com every Monday. John Schumann is the author, the the man who handles it all. You can troll him on social media anytime you'd like if you disagree with the power rankings. I would just like to throw that in shoe to keep you. Uh,
2: I'll just say this. I don't really care about the rankings. So that means I don't really care about what you think about the rankings either. So, you know, I've said it, you know, the work goes in the writing, the rankings are last and unimportant. What it's not college football. So how I rank your team doesn't matter. Um, just read and and hopefully you'll, you'll learn something every, every other week or so. No doubt. John
0: Schumann from NBA.com joining me here as always on the hang time podcast. Appreciate you, sir. Talk to you soon. righty. We appreciate our guests today and really all year uh, in 2020. We, we had a wild season for sure on the Time podcast. We were chugging along during the regular season. March broke down. <laughs> Coronavirus pandemic shut everybody down, but we kept coming to you. And then in the bubble, a ton of great guests coming on, keeping the show alive, keeping it breathing. Um, new skin for 2020-21 season. We want to thank Gary Payton and John Schumann for finishing it off right in 2020, and we'll see you in 2021 right here on the Hang Time Podcast.